Alrighty, guys, welcome to a new episode of Indie Comics. Uh, as you can hear, this isn't Maddie. Uh, Maddie is moving. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie is moving, but she's still on the show. And this is Tyler, your uh, sit-in host, and I'm joined today with my co-host. Hi, it's Andrea. Hey, Andrea, how are you doing? Uh, doing good, sorting out socks. <laughs> oh, the pleasantries of staying at home. <laughs> Sorting yes. your socks all day. But we have an amazing guest. We have one of the most coolest people I've ever met. I don't know if that was proper grammar or not, but at this point, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. But we have, <laughs> we have MD Marie, who is one of the most lovely people, one of the loveliest people I've, ever, I've met. And you are also the creator of Vindication for Image Top, uh, Top Cow Comics. And yes. how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on your uh, podcast. And it's Friday. Yes. Just so you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like every day, I'm just I wake up. I'm like, oh god, what day is it? Okay, okay. All righty, let's get prepped. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I use one of those old-fashioned things called a calendar. Otherwise, <laughs> I wouldn't know what I was doing either. I've been using a calendar. I feel like this. I feel like this quarantine has made me grow up. You know, like way faster <laughs> than real life, which is oh, like for sure. fascinating. I'm like, okay, I got to schedule things out now. Who am I? <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I had this conversation with one of my uh, younger cousins because she wanted us all to come to a party, and she just sent us a text. And I was like, yeah, there's this little cute little thing called a calendar. <laughs> if you you know put a date, send us an invitation, it will automatically upload to our calendar. And we were teasing her, like, oh, my God, what's this thing? It's a really stupid app. It only has its numbers. See, that's weird. No. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not even used to, like, scheduling anything with, like, unless it's a Facebook event. Right? I can't even get I them suck. to do that. I'm like, no, I suck at technology. Like, I'm a grandma. Facebook. I'm, I'm, like, straight up, like, Tyler knows. I'm, I'm an old woman. Like, I really am. <laughs> yeah. It's well, true. I'm actually an old woman, and I love <laughs> Facebook events. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, uh, let, let's dive let's dive into uh, uh, this whole creative realm of vindication. What is vindication exactly? Oh, vindication was um, super fun to write, um, and I'm still hoping that we get another arc on it. Uh, we'll have to see, you know, how the comic book uh, industry fares after this whole pandemic situation. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, basically, it's about these two characters. One uh, did 10 years in prison, and uh, he was exonerated due to inconclusive evidence. Uh, Shortly after he gets out of prison, there's a a subsequent murder, and it's almost identical to the murder that he was uh, convicted for. And he believes that uh, somebody setting him up, particularly the detective that arrested him, because that guy showed up the day he got out of prison and swore to put him back in. And the detective uh, on his end is hell-bent on proving that this guy is back up to his old tricks. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Wow. uh, Like I said, uh, available from Image and Top Cow. And we we love Top Cow. What what actually brought you to bring this over to them? Or what was the process of actually getting this published? Actually, um, if you you read the cover, Matt Hawkins is the co-creator. Oh, yes. And it was... Yeah, it was actually his concept, and we had been talking about it, and he wanted to do something a little more, you know, um, crime-driven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to do something that had to do with, like, racial tension. 
So he was like, I don't, I don't think I'm the right guy to write this. He was like, but I think that you would be a good fit for this project. So that's how it got kicked into my court. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, it's great, though. Like, I um, got your information sent over by Tyler. And he was like, this gr- this person is great. Like, look at their <laughs> stuff. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And then I went to your um, about page on image and I saw the covers and I just was like dumbstruck. I was like, wow, is this not a comic that we need right now during these times? <laughs> like yeah. it was one of those things where I was like, this is real life. Like this is re-. and just like seeing the cover, just how powerful it is of like having those sheets that like when you go to a gun range and like you're firing stuff, usually I choose the ducks or like something like that. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but like to see that and you and like especially like being a person of color myself like just seeing that and you're like wow like it really like got to your heartstrings you know and like I just thank you for like bringing it out into the light and writing about it yeah. thank you I wish I could have gone a little harder on it um we had to kind of you know dial it back because you know my black pan- inner black panther came out but we dialed it back <laughs> a little bit but uh actually all those covers uh with the exception of uh cover 1 were all my concepts wow the cover 1 actually was drawn by my brother and he That's brought awesome. it to me and asked if I would like to use it yeah so yeah that I I am really really proud of those covers what was it like that like brought you those images like what was it when you were sitting down like you were like this is what I want uh, I wanted I wanted the covers to uh, have as much impact as the story, if not more impact. And I wanted mm-hmm. them to draw people in. And also, it's really how I feel about that particular uh, subject, yeah. you yes. know, uh, tension between cops and people of color. And then also, I was inspired by a lot of the news stories that I was reading at the time about all these cops abusing all these people. And, you yeah. know, especially like uh, black teenage girls in the South and in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, people being shot while walking away from the cops or trying to comply or, you know, just being, you know, a teenage boy being tackled by five or six cops. So it kind of like all of that fed into mm-hmm. those covers. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, I was still in high school with um, everything that happened with Trayvon Martin. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just it was just so sad. Like, I remember the next day, like I went to a. Catholic high school and most of us were in our community we were more like Pacific Islander and like Latino we've had a very small group of Mm -hmm. like black students you know and I just remember that day like after like you know going to school and just it was just you could see it in their faces they were so affected yeah and it's not that like I wasn't affected, but like, it's, it's especially impactful when it's like your people and it's like your community, you know, and just like seeing your cover art, it kind of brought me back to that. And I was like, Whoa, you know? Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. For me, what was more impactful was the acquittal. That that was hurt. That hurt. Yeah. No, I, yeah. And the fact that he's like trying to sue his family, isn't he like for, emotional damage and i'm just like i don't curse i truly try not to but i'm like f you motherfucker like <laughs> oh i use curse words like and but um yeah no i i totally know how you feel and yeah especially for um writing this comic book i mean obviously this is this is something that that's very impactful and something that you know i that is a feeling for everybody um representing you know each other and for mm-hmm. for this 
when you're writing something as powerful as this and something that is like, I, I feel like, you know, we know each other pretty well on a professional level. I yes. love seeing you and, and yes. I love, I love how outspoken you are. And, you know, how do you put that into words? I guess is going to be like the thing I really want to, I would love to learn. For me, I, I mean, I spent a lot of time thinking and I'm a very, uh, in my head, I see the picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, and um, being a person who loved encyclopedias and dictionaries, I am that kind of nerd. Um, <laughs> I don't find it very difficult to articulate something, um, yeah. but to be very specific, I'm very fortunate to have someone like my mother who is very, very well read oh, okay. and yeah. um, a very detail oriented person. So anything I write, pretty much she's my first editor. So if I'm trying to articulate a particular concept or an idea, and I've gotten the words into a you know a certain specificity. Mm-hmm. She yeah. can really narrow it down to what the the idea I'm trying to convey. Absolutely. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome to have your you know your direct family be part of your artistic like process. Because I I love my mom, you know, but there's times where I'm talking to her, and she's a branch manager, so she works with like a bunch of like people, all different kinds of like. I guess backgrounds and sometimes I'm talking to her about like certain stuff and she's like what she's like no get out (laughs) (laughs) well I'm very fortunate my mother likes pretty much everything I write because I think it's kind of a window into my soul because you know in her opinion I've always been a strange individual so (laughs) I think that's every child to every parent (laughs) (laughs) right so she's kind of like I think she tries she reads my stuff more to understand me than rather for the entertainment value you know, that remind you know, or like to me, I think I'll be afraid of somebody whose parents like understand a hundred percent. I'll be like, oh, I don't know about you. Right. Um, I mean, my mom always tells me she's like, you were such a macabre child. Like you really, really liked Grimm's fairy tales like a little too much, and I never understood. And now, like that kind of stuff comes out in my writing, and she's like, yeah, I still don't get it, but. <laughs> That's funny. I know where you get it from. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. That actually yeah. r- reminds me so or um makes me want to ask as well. You know, you went to FIDM, you know, the Fashion Institute of Mer- of Design and Merchandising and you have a yes. degree in merchandise. I have your bio in front of me. Yes. Um <laughs> <laughs> Very impressive. So, oh yeah, I, I try to have everything up. I mean, I want I want to I want to know <laughs> yes. how how is it from working for um, you know, for marketing? Uh working on selling something straight up, you know, something so uh, kind of black and white where you, you look at it and you go, I know exactly what that is. Going into a comic book, which relies on um, really working as a group of people, but from panel, from panel, from panel. You want people, you were trying to get people from go from one panel and then intrigue them to the next one. How are you using, I guess, what you learned in school to, you know, with marketing to basically create an entire issue of a comic book? Um, I would have to say I didn't. It's not really what I learned in school or oh, yeah. even my degree that helped me with that. Um, my day job, um, my professional title, I guess, is a technical writer. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So, I mean, I write manuals and instructions <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and then hard uh, hitting journalism. Right. That kind of stuff. You know, like you have to read it. So I'm like, ha ha. But. Uh, <laughs> So it was, you know, developing the skill for that level of detail 
had helped me in developing the comic book scripts, but it's always been my uh, creativity that kind of like propels the story forward because I want mm-hmm. one, I, I like for people to read my stuff yeah. with the expectation that it's something that they've read before mm. only to find out that it isn't. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. It's, it's familiar. It's familiar ground, but uh, but told in a different or, or yeah. That, that's with, yes. with, with with the author spin. That's awesome. Yes. Okay. So that's cool. <laughs> I love the fact that <laughs> you're just like I, I do this because like experiences, which I think is so awesome with you. And that's something I, we've actually never we haven't really had that many people who are like that. Like you know, you're telling a story and with your day job, like that's it's yeah. it's like perfect. That's awesome. That's a great bridge. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. no problem. <laughs> Thank you. I was accepting the compliment. No oh, perfect. <laughs> I, that's just what I do. <laughs> he compliments for a living. Oh, nice. <laughs> you get paid well. Yes. Then I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrea, do you have a question? Uh, no, like, I'm just honestly, like, I just love hearing, you know, your experience and like hearing how Tyler said, like, you know, like being a like a tactical writer of like how you brought that to your comics but you really think about it like you kind of have to have sort of a a notion of tact in your comics to be able to bring people in but also make it easy to read and easy to understand because I know there's a few books that I have you know like I have a few Batman comics like in my I don't know where but I have (laughs) them And, like, sometimes they are, they're like, one of them, I can't remember which one it is, but it was a little bit harder to read. And it was one of those things where it felt like things were just moving around too much. And I just remember it was a present, and I was like, thank you. But I was like, huh, okay. But, like, to see, you know, like, how you said, like, you have to, it's not a manual, but in in terms of manuals, you have to be able to go from A to B to C to C1, C2, whatever it is. And be able to understand it and keep grasping what you learned previously to move on. And that's what you're doing in your writing, you know? Yes. Like, and I'm so sorry, Andre, you didn't enjoy my Batman fan fiction. So, wow. (laughs) (laughs) You're ridiculous. You know, I actually find that most of DC is hard to read. Um, Yeah, they they just have too much going on in one picture. I think that is. You know what? You know what they need? They need a little bit of MD Marie. That's what they need. They do. Your lips to DC president's ears. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it was, I was just going to say, like, I come from a psych background, like my BA is in psych and everything, you know, and there's a lot of times even like, I, you know, work with like, kids with like autism and stuff. And a lot of our training is very convoluted. And it's very, like, hard to understand sometimes, you know, and to have somebody like you, who's really like, you know, on the forefront, maybe it's not in psych books, but in your industry to be like, here you go. This is how you do it. This is how you understand it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I wish more people thought in that sense. And I wish like a lot of writers would also think in that sense too. Like, okay, let's be creative, but in a way where we can like really just get the audience to get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I want to go back because you, you had mentioned, um, you know, the Grimm, the Grimm brothers, um, you know, uh-huh. and, and on older and more macabre writings. But I, I want to know, especially for, I, I guess, honestly, maybe with a project like this, well, who was your literary influence for this, for this series? Honestly, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you. I have to yeah. like 
call you back. We'll have to do a, a sequel to this one. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and I'll come back and answer I'd all the questions. Do you, I do. do you actually do you use in, do you use influence when you do write um, when you do write or like how how like what is your your strategic plan? Usually, when I uh, for me to address a topic, it has to be something that has uh, bothered me for a while. Okay. You know, it, whether it be a new story or if it's um, you know uh, something that happened. Yeah. To me, or if it's for me, usually it's about um, most of my stories come out of my struggle with identity. Yeah. Okay. In that, you know, there's a social construct of how, you know, particular people are supposed to be, how a woman's yeah. supposed to be, how a man's supposed to be, how a child's yep. supposed to be, how, how a family's supposed to act. And a lot of um, my frustration comes from how this is represented on TV because it is nowhere near the truth. And yes, I get yeah. it that it's fiction. Mm-hmm. But I also think that, and you may, you could back me up or correct me, being that you're a psych uh, major, um, <laughs> that a lot of people learn their behaviors from what they see on TV oh, or definitely. what they hear on the radio. It's so true. I mean, um, I know I had to teach, I was a TA for um, this teacher. His name is Mr. Wright. I love him. And, <laughs> you know, he, uh, no, I really do. And he's an actor too. But anyways, And, like, one of the things he would always say, he was very cool with kids, but he would also tell them, like, you know, like, you really have to be careful what input you're putting into your mind. Like, what are you reading? What are you? Yes, exactly. And he would really try to, in class, you know, break a lot of this, like, monotony of Fortnite. Oh, my God. And, like, (laughs) all those kind of things because it was so violent. And he really wanted to create just that understanding of, like, no, there are a bunch of studies that, you know, people who do play violent video games tend to have more desensitization hmm. and are more violent and are more violent driven. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and especially like like you said, we learn from what we see. Our first notion of love is from our parents. That's why a lot of people don't have very good independent romantic relationships. It's because it's what they learn. You know, right. And I understand that, especially like I said, like I'm Latina and a lot Mm -hmm. of the stuff that you see is is not favorable in our. Right. You know, right. With using something that is influential when you're writing something and you're creating a story out of it, whether either it be a book, comic book or anything you do write. Mm -hmm. What is that technique kind of for you? So for me, it's it's kind of putting a little more truth in it while it's still being fiction. Yeah. So while the story is not true. The actual emotions behind it are, yeah. or the behavior behind it is. So it's not an actual incident that happened, but it is based on an actual incident. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And uh, I guess like with this, um, for me, you know, you, you are writing something that that is essentially, I mean, whether it be a fictionized it's it's still you're you're still writing about something that is impacting somebody in real time in real life, and yeah. uh, you know with with this ha- has that ever kind of carried over into your real life as you're writing, and how do you kind of put that wall up for you for yourself? Um, actually, no, I live a pretty sequestered life. That's why I'm doing so well right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am not having the mental breakdowns that a lot of people are having. True, yeah. but, she's uh, not cutting her bangs. <laughs> yeah, or talking to the cat. <laughs> or folding your socks for the fourth time, like Andrea. I'm <laughs> Not really, though. I did this two days ago. <laughs> That's hilarious. But um, yeah, no, it's um, 
for me, I don't, it doesn't bleed into my real life. The stuff that I write in fiction isn't uh, something that I'm living on a day to day basis, if that makes sense. Absolutely. For me, um, a lot of the stuff that I write about is observation. Yeah. I actually very rarely talk about or write about anything that actually happens in my own life. Just because um, a lot of the people who, who are fans of my work, you know, it would hit a nerve. So I, I, I try to stay away from that. Oh, okay. I, I, Is I, there... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm just saying I definitely can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you wish... Not necessarily a project you're working on now, but is there anything in, like, in social terms, like, that you wish you could write about as well? Like, right now, you are definitely talking more about, like, racial tension. Is there anything else that you would want to venture in as well like independently or something that you would love to start up that in regards to something going on as well yeah actually I've been writing a story it's going on two years now um I have my working title which is uh broken pieces and pretty packages okay I love that title. wow I love it thank you thank you I'm (laughs) really enjoying writing it but it's really about um it's about uh four couples Mm-hmm. And it's I'm trying to tell the story from the male perspective and the female perspective. Like, mm. for instance, I'll give you two characters. One of my characters, uh, she is a psychiatrist and she's married to a doctor. And she's she's got kind of like sage, savior syndrome mm. where she, oh, yes. she wants to save everyone. And he he turns out to feel like a project. Mm. So when he gets to the height of you know, or the epitome of what her idea of him was, he leaves her for another woman. Yeah. Mm. Oh. And, but I tell the story from his perspective also, how he felt like he was just a project for her, you know, and they never had any kind of emotional connection. So he just kind of like, you know, aligned with her plan mm-hmm. to become a better person. And then in the process, just happened to find someone he actually fell in love with. Hmm. And she doesn't understand this. And that's the conflict between those two characters. Oh, wow. May, that's may, awesome. May I ask about like this project? Yeah. Uh, so is this going to be in a comic book uh, format or will this be in a literary book? I'm writing it as a novel. Oh, novel. I yeah. would have loved for Ooh. it to be a, a comic book because I have a lot of friends that they're like, there's too many words. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it would be like 100 comic books yeah. to finish. <laughs> How do you how do you different uh, differentiate now being a, now that you're a comic book creator as well and you know and you you've been a novelist for a long time and I'll ask you about that in a second mm-hmm. but uh, how do you kind of differentiate now with these two different mediums as to how to tell a story? Um, the differentiation is that you have to be more concise when you're writing a comic book script, mm. mm-hmm. and you know you're you're very limited on how many words you can add to dialogue, so you yeah. really have to be able to take a very big concept and minimize it without losing the point okay does that make sense yeah so oh yeah um so are you so maybe like uh something that is dialogue heavy however doesn't but doesn't rely on so many words is probably possibly something that could be conformed to a um i don't know if that's the right correct word yes or not. Yeah. Yes. Oh, perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. I we actually yeah. have never asked that question before it's a good question yeah. we should ask that more often <laughs> uh yeah. Whereas a, a novel, you know, you could just write as many words as you want. Yeah. True. <laughs> but then you run into the problem of, like, does it get convoluted, like you said, and does it 
kind of, you know, get a little run on me, you know? Cause well, that's the, that's the nice, the benefit of the marriage of being a comic book writer and being a novelist is because you're balancing that being concise yeah. and getting mm-hmm. to the point with also elaborating on a story. So Absolutely. you don't spend a lot of time describing this very one thing, you know? Yeah. Yes. You spend a lot of words describing the entire story. Um, and coming back out of comic book writing, um, it, it was a little bit challenging for me to, you know, spend more words to des- to describe an emotion. Yeah. You know, so stretching out or elaborating on that emotion, that was a challenge at first. You know, I want to tell you she's sad. Well, in a comic book, I'll just say she's sad. And then they draw her face and she's sad, right? <laughs> like a little frown. Right. But in the novel, you're like, well, you know, she had all these feelings and yeah. it came from this and she started in the morning and, you know, she couldn't get the sleep out of her eyes. It just becomes a whole lot. Of, you, you, know. you can talk about like inner dialogue in a way that that, that just that could only be expressed possibly in just in, in the art. And you, that is your trust with the artist as well. So I, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And, um, you know, for somebody who is i mean you you've been around the comic book scene but you know for a while but like how do you what would you suggest for people who are also just trying to get into creating comic books and i know this question is probably very loaded with the state of the world right now but what what what, how, what do you suggest i would suggest networking i mean just going up for me you know i wasn't immediately welcomed you know, yeah. I had to get to know people who were like, who's this girl? And I, I tell very on all kinds of podcasts, I'm, I'm always saying I stalk people. Like <laughs> every it convention works. I come around, <laughs> I find you until I have made an imprint on your brain, you know, be it good or bad. They're like, oh, crap, here she comes again. Or, <laughs> hey, it's her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know knowing you, people. I don't think anybody could ever think. Oh, great! Oh, that part. I, I don't think anybody could ever. <laughs> you were so excited. It's like I, I love seeing you every time I see you. Like when I, oh man, like we were almost. Gonna I sing, love seeing you too. We were almost going to sing karaoke together, but then they kept moving our name down the list, and now we were just like, well, what the heck. Man, right. missed opportunity for those people. Yeah, I love seeing you at panels. I love reading your thread. <laughs> oh, thank you. you. Yeah, I'm so curious about your life. I feel like you know at least, like, if you had 100 friends, 98 of them are kleptos. I don't know. <laughs> I will neither like, confirm nor deny hat? this. You know, oh, oh my god, my lord, my thank you. Is missing. I know. I told him that. I'm like, you I need know. to be careful who you bring into your home. I know, and and, and honestly, like, like now with this quarantine, it's actually kind of helped. It's <laughs> and <laughs> because because now I've gotten to a point where I can do like I can do all this and not having people strangers over my house. This is why I'm working so hard to try to have an office space. But absolutely, and you can find everything. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Well, luck- yeah. <laughs> My socks from three years ago. Okay, so I can say I can say comfortably after six years of do- or five years of doing this, I've only had two things stolen from guests, and that's fine. You know, okay. you know, so that's still a lot, but <laughs> yeah, that true. is good. It's true, but um, I, I, and so you know, talking about conventions and networking, you and I met. Um, I, I met you for the first time. At Susan Lee's Women on the Dark Side panel, which is one of my yes. favorite panels. I try to hit every single one of them. And Susan yes. is one of my favorite people in this world. And yes. uh, I, I love I, her. I love that panel. <laughs> I, I love that panel, too. And I loved you on it. I, I think I've seen you on it twice. I think you were on it at yes. Comic-Con and WonderCon? Or... Yes. Okay. And, yes, uh, you're right. So you, you, you've done a lot of writing. I don't know if... You, and I, I can also cut this out. But, um, you know, you've done a lot of writing and you've done a lot of, um, of ghostwriting as well. Yeah. 
So how long have you been, have you actually been writing, I guess, is, is the first question of this. Honestly, I believe I've been writing my whole life now. Oh, wow. um, yeah. I mean, I used to write stories uh, when I was a kid because yeah. for the first seven years of my life, I was an only child. So, you know, you got to entertain yourself. True. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my mom was telling me that even when I was like four, five years old, I was telling stories and I yeah. would sit there and I would write even though I didn't know the alphabet. And I would just sit there and take a piece of paper and just put figures and number, you know, whatever on this piece of paper. And then I would tell her the story. And then uh, when I got into um, like the sixth, seventh grade, we had to do that. What do you want to do with the rest of your life thing? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I entered poetry contra- contest and I was writing short stories then. And then when I got into high school, I started uh, getting more in- into uh, poetry contests. And, oh, wow. um, nice. yeah, and creative writing. I did a lot of those contests and, uh, I spent my lunch hours in the library. So I would have to say that I've been a writer my whole life. I think it was kind of like, you know, my destiny Yeah. rather than something that I chose. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you ever, I know Tyler has another like, um, question, oh, ending, but like <laughs> as a writer, when you hit your like cliched writer's block like how do you keep going like how do you not get discouraged and how do you and like I guess what would you tell someone who's currently discouraged and who's currently like Hmm. having the hardest time getting that story out of their head and onto like a piece of paper it's like writer's block yeah but I don't call it writer's block (laughs) it's too cliche like ooh, writer's block Right. I, I mean, if you're not on a deadline for a story, then it should not bother you. You know, the story, if it's if it's um, what's the word I'm looking for? Organic. Yeah. It comes when it comes. Like I said, I've been writing <clears throat> broken pieces and pretty packages for two years now. And it's because I found myself getting into a formula and I had to step back and I was like, no, this is not the story I want to tell. I want it to be very authentic and I want it to be very organic and I don't want it to be formulaic. Mm -hmm. So take your time. I mean, you're going to do your best work when it just comes out of you. If if you force it, then it's not going to be your best work or you're not going to be as happy with it as Mm -hmm. if you if you would be had you waited. Absolutely. Mm, Got it. Can, can I, so can I, if you're not on a deadline, just relax. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm if I should ask this question about you know being a novelist and a comic book creator. Uh, how do you feel about novels being created into comic books, but not from the original author? I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's something behind that. Yeah. I mean, was the original author offered the opportunity and they said no because it wasn't their wheelhouse? Yeah. Or was it that they you know bought the, um, the copyright? Yeah. Yeah, and did it. I mean, there's. It really depends on how it happened. Yeah. That's it, true. Now, if it was stolen, of course, I'd be mad. No, oh, yeah. Know, just, that's <laughs> just outright wrong. <laughs> Unless you're um, a pirate, you probably aren't happy. Like. <laughs> right. You know. And I that public domain thing really bothers me. Yeah. You know when they try because I I had uh, pitched. I'm not going to say what um, studio I pitched a story to, but I had pitched a story, and uh, they really liked it. And um, my friend of mine that worked for that studio told me that they were going to give me a holding contract, which meant that he said they this is what he said. I don't know how true it is. Yeah. Um, but they were going to bind me into this contract until 
my story became public domain and then they oh. were going to make it and just offer me, you know, peanuts. Wow. So oh, he, no. He, I'm yeah. so sorry. So he was like, don't, yeah, he was like, don't, don't take it. So public domain is kind of like a sore spot for me because, yes. you know, there's people out there who've written this thing and there's just people biding their time waiting for this thing to become a public domain so that they could just snatch it from them. I'm so, that yeah. bothers me. Oh, absolutely. That is, yeah. And I think that's also something important for just anybody who wants to get into the creative field of novels and comic books. I mean, it's especially something that is self-published could also face as well. So that, that's something yeah. that, yeah. Uh, um, I'm so sorry that happened, uh, but I am also glad to ask you and at least help our listeners be aware of situations of people taking advantage of. And I think with where the world is right now in the comic book industry, I think things are going to be a little bit more chaotic. And yeah. And so, um, and I guess with that, how do, how are you finding time and the drive to continue on being in a, in a place of quarantine? Um, you know, are you have have you creatively, um, you know, kind of adapted well, or like what 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 have you been doing? Well, I mean, in quarantine, you got nothing but time, right? Yeah, it's true. It's very <laughs> true. Like where you gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it's funny. I know a lot of people who do this, you know, are relatively around the same stuff as as I do, and they're just not. They basically have said, "Well, we're just going to put our uh, podcast on hold." And I'm like, "This is this is the golden time. Like that's why we're doing multiple bonus episodes and multiple recordings and stuff." Um, I I, I don't I don't slow down. You <laughs> know, in fact, yeah. we, we have two new shows coming out because of this. So awesome. <laughs> but um, that's great. Yeah. So I mean, so, so you you so essentially you did adapt well, and you have now a good kind of pair of legs <laughs> i, I kind of you know it's it's kind of weird because and um my coworkers and i we joke about this that we feel like our bosses um have taken advantage of the fact that we don't have drive time yeah. so they give us more work <laughs> that's so true though yeah. <laughs> you know they're like well now you don't need that hour for driving so here oh. <laughs> you know <laughs> And I have like I'm buried in work all day. Yeah. And then I I still go to school, so I'm doing homework at night, and then I'm trying to do the projects that I've you know you're, that I'm yeah, contracted to do. Nice. What are you? No, going no, to I'm doing for? my contract. I'm going to school now for uh, management. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. So. Where do you see yourself? You know, in the comic book industry, you know, um, kind of heading towards. Um, that's a really good question. I, I really don't know. I don't, I have to see how this all shakes out, you yeah. know, but if it, if it comes out ideally, uh, I would like to continue to, uh, be a comic book writer. I don't yeah. necessarily want to get into any, you know, I've never wanted to be famous. I just wanted <laughs> to write good stories and have people enjoy them. I don't want to be stopped on the street by strangers and taking selfies necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> But I do want people to enjoy my work. Absolutely. And that's pretty much where I would like to be. Yeah. And, um, you know, Vindication is, is a four-part series uh, from Top Cow and, you know, an imprint of, of Image Comics. I mean, do you – I mean, with with so many different publishers, I mean, do you, do you like kind of spreading out um, – uh, do you like spreading out – with different pitches, trying to look for your next story and your next project, or like, what what are you kind of going for right now? Are you comfortable with Top Cow and uh, an image? Um, I'm actually I'm writing for other publishers as well. Yeah. But um, for me, I'm not really like, 
and I, I this sounds terrible. It's going to sound really bad, but I'm not really hustling. No, and- because I've had so much on my plate. Yeah. Um, and I like to do work for people that like me and that I like. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, and I want to write. I want to write something like when I write something, if you were to give me a project, I'm writing because I love you. Yes. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not like, um, you know, I, this, I do this, uh, to pay the mortgage. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I I have to give you so much respect for that answer because, um, you know, people come in the comic book industry for so many different things. Yes. There is a possible way for you to make a living off of comic books. Is but by the mm-hmm. thing, and but everybody knows how hard it is. It is extremely hard to even get into the big two, and that's essentially a way for you to live off of it, um, unless you're Brian K. Vaughn and you just struck gold, um, you know, or, or Robert Kirkman. But like that, I mean, those mm-hmm. are just a few people in the in the history of comic books. And I love the fact that you, you know, you're comfortable with where you are and your creativity level, and that you don't want to just throw stories out that you are probably not even yeah you don't care about but also you're you're caring more about your readers and to me that is the greatest answer and i love the fact that you said that and i think that that's Thank something you. that i think all um most i think i don't think i, I think most creators are, are also like you I, at least i hope but also mm-hmm. it, it's discouraging when you have somebody writing a comic book and you can just feel their, their heart's not into it they're just kind of you know mm-hmm. and, it, and it feels like a, a throwaway project that a, stu- right. a studio was like yes we're really excited for it and they're just like oh, man all right fine like all right i really wanted this studio to get this story but yeah i'll go with you um or you know a studio locks them for like a four or five project deal and they're just kind of like okay i want to get out of this i want to get out of this contract <laughs> um, right so and you I, can't yeah you know? so, right. so like you know thank you so much for your answer and i love that i really love that i think the more i know about you the more i just think you're the coolest person in the world so oh, <laughs> <laughs> righty, andrea do you have another question for her no i mean yeah. honestly it was just it was so awesome to talk to you and like to really hear <laughs> you know the amount of love that you have for the medium and also like just you as a person and like hearing your process and stuff like it was awesome like i'm really honored that i got to on this podcast episode yeah. i'm very honored that <laughs> tyler we've been talking about you interviewing you for what a couple of years or a year and a half i am i am so bad at like over promising but that, that's the other thing like, like i think i've made a few statuses on it like if i tell somebody i want i want to interview them i don't i i don't just say that there's a lot of people no. who, who they're just yeah, like we're like oh we're on your podcast they'll be like yeah let's let's yeah, um yeah, we'll figure it out but like you yeah. i'm like i want you on <laughs> like if, if i tell you i mean it like if I yeah, t- no, if- no, I'm just saying I'm very honored <laughs> yes. because I, I've always felt flattered that, you know, you even came to me after the panel and what was I talking like maybe five whole minutes the entire hour. And you're like, I want you on my podcast. I'm like, that was so nice. You- like, I really like I was floating. I was like, yeah, oh, okay. you were, you were <laughs> so-, so cool. And I love. Yeah, I, I'm so honored. Thank you. Oh, of course. I, I want I would love to have you on more often, um, especially now. It's so much easier. But um, and so yeah, thank you so so much for being on here. And uh, MD Marie, uh, you know we you have vindication with Top Cow Image, uh, a four part series that uh, ended on May eighth, two thousand nineteen. And we're also hoping for another arc. And I really hope that comes. Uh, and uh, where can they find your other work that is also available right now? Um, I do have a novel. It's called Cinders of Angels. It's one I'm very proud of. It is on Amazon. And you can get it at Barnes and Noble uh, by order, yeah. you know, because it's been out for so long. Um, and I'm writing the sequel to that one also. I'm super excited about that book. 
Um, that's, that's awesome. That if you want to see how dark I am, that's what you want to read. <laughs> that's you awesome. agree with your mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm working on another project. Unfortunately, I can't discuss. Absolutely. Um, but I'm super excited about that. Yeah, and then I have my independent product projects. Uh, you know, like I said, broken pieces and pretty packages. Yeah, and I'm hoping to finish that uh, before the end of this year. Oh, that's awesome. So I yeah, I, I'm getting back into reading books again. So I definitely will, will, will definitely like I I love the idea of that. And lately, I've just been reading like yeah, like broken family stories because to me, I, I love it. Like I I, I kind of come from that, or I do come from that. I don't know why I said kind of. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and and honestly, I I love reading it because it makes me feel. A little bit more normalized, you know. Oh, and that's you should I like read it. Senders. Yeah. yeah. All right. You should read Senders. If you like stories about broken families, you should read Senders. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here again. Andrea, thank you for being on as well. I hope of I did course. okay compared to Maddie. Um, oh, you did great. Oh, thank you. You yeah. are stellar <laughs> as usual. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, and uh, I hope to see you hopefully next year at conventions all around the country. And hopefully I'll have you on some couple um, panels. I have a couple of ideas that I would love to have you on too. But, you know, Great. Now, now I have nothing more, more time to uh, figure those out. <laughs> right, and, right. And uh, thank you listeners for listening. And you can check out all of our shows and offerings on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and any podcast app. And also we have our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com for our seven other shows and our articles, and so much more. I know I've been streaming on Twitch. And don't forget to check out our Grand Plays, our Let's Play videos on YouTube. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And also, our music has been provided by Carlisle Laurent. He is awesome. Check him out on Fiverr.com. And MD, thank you so much with Vindication from Top Cow Image Comics. Have a wonderful week. And GGG. Grand Geek Gathering